Good morning, good morning. Hey family, I'm going to continue on my topic of um, principles of parenting. And that's talking about parenting your grown children, uh, even when they disappoint you. This is something that I'm going to deal with, I'm going to circle on now. If you are single, if your kids are small, this is something really good to listen to because this applies to you. I believe the word of God gives us principles for everyday living. And since it does, I also believe that he's given me principles for every area of my life, whether that's financing, uh, friendships, dealing with my friendships, my fitness, my faith, how I should not only have a relationship with my God that impacts my life, that heals me and continues to heal me, but also how those friendships with other people really matter. So before we get started, I was, uh, I'll share this story with you. I was in my car and the song dropped in my mind. I don't own the rights to the song, but it's a song that I remembered at a concert I went to by a guy named Kirk Wellam, and he had one of his guest speakers, I'm sorry, singers, she came along to sing. And at this particular meeting, one of my children were with me, and I remember we didn't know what Kirk would do that night. Um, I know it was a special occasion. I didn't want to leave the teenager home, and they kicked and screamed and argued and fought about, I don't want to go, so forth, so on, this, that, and the third. But after uh, being persistent and standing my ground, they went with us. And I noticed this song got their attention, which I hope it gets your attention and encourages you today because I don't know what you're going through in your own personal life with your uh, siblings or whatever that you can't even talk about, that you won't even share. But I want you to know that God sees you. You're not alone. He hasn't forgotten about you. So some secrets you may be walking around with that's literally killing you that you can't even share. But God sees you. And hopefully you'll do what you need to do. So just, I'm going to play from my own recording that night uh, just something that I heard. And I'm going to share it with you. No matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, I see you. So can I share that with you tonight? I see you. Check it out, Chuck. Check it out. In fact, I think you're 
Her name is Shalea Frazier, and she sings with uh, Kirk Willem, and this is on their album called A Gospel According to Jazz. So you check her out yourself. All right, let's, let's get into the lesson. Let's get into the lesson. Okay, we've already had ministry and music to us, so let's... Let's pull on some principles from the Word of God, okay? Now, I say that, and I'm not going to get into that teaching and the importance of music and how God created it to be good and what it does, but we're going to get straight into the lesson. Now, I'm talking about principles of parenting that I found in the Word of God, and I'm pulling straight from a parable that Jesus told that's recorded by one of his disciples named Luke in Luke chapter 15. Now, 
let me say this before I go any further. You have to understand what a parable is. A parable is not necessarily um, a true story that's being told, but parables in the Jewish culture were never spoken just to be telling a story like some people may hear like a ghost story or a Christmas fable or something like that as we do in the Western world. Parables in the Bible in the East were illustrated and were told to either solve a problem um, that the hearers were listening to or, or I'm sorry, that they were facing or to give instructions on how to apply something. Now, principles that we apply to our lives, whether it's when we read the word of God from parables, sometimes things are implied and sometimes instructions and details are specific. So I have to know and I have to learn what is God speaking directly to me when I read my Bible or what is a principle that I can apply? One helper that we all have is something called the Holy Spirit to help us. Now, let me get into a little bit about the different resources. Whenever you study the Word of God, you should have some resources. What are they? It should be a Bible dictionary. It should be uh, sometimes commentaries help, but you have to be very careful because some writers or a lot of writers are very biased in their opinion. So you have to learn to read critically to separate their bias from what the actual text is actually explaining. Also, you need to learn about the culture. For example, in Luke 15, this is a Jewish culture. Jesus was a Jew. He was speaking to Jewish people when he told it, and there was a reason why. Let me caution you of this. Never, ever get into the habit of relegating yourself to thinking you already know what the story is about or what's going to be said when you have not heard the whole matter. For example... Many times people will say um, Moses was sent to Pharaoh to uh, free the Egyptian, to free the Israelites, and God told Moses to tell Pharaoh, "Let my people go." Well, does the scripture say that? I had this conversation with one of my kids, and I told him, I said, "No, um, God didn't tell Moses to say that." He said, no. He said, well, that's what they showed in the movie Disney. I said, I, I agree. That's what Disney told you. But God gave Moses specific instructions on what to say to Pharaoh. Let me tell you what he said. Moses was sent to Pharaoh. And God told Moses, and as the old song says, to tell old Pharaoh, <laughs> He said, I want you to let my people go so that they may worship me. Oh, that's a big difference. See, a lot of times we left 
we leave out part of the sentence that God told Moses to say, but it's very important. Because see, what you have to understand is when God gives you instructions, a lot of times, if I do half of it, I haven't done what he told me to do. So it's very important that I understand what God has telling me to do that I've considered the whole matter. And if I have questions for God, I can ask him. So you have to understand, what did he say? He said, he went to Moses. I'm sorry. God went, spoke to Moses. Moses goes to Pharaoh. And he says what? He says, thus saith the Lord, let my people go so that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Where is that in the Bible? Read Exodus chapter 5, verse 1. You'll find it there. Okay, so that's something that Moses was told specifically to do. Now, the principle applies the same today. How? Well, if God delivers you from any type of bondage, that could be the bondage of sin, lying, uh, bitterness, anger, rage, uh, sexual immorality, anything. Yes, he frees us from that. However, what is the purpose to be free from? Is it to help someone else? Is it to share how God can work a miracle in your life and how your disobedience puts you, as it did the people of Israel in Egypt, it put them in the state they were in. So I just want to share that. We're not going to get deep into that, but let's get back into parenting from Luke chapter 15. Now I'm going to read to you this story about the boys and then we're just going to get into a couple of principles and then I'm going to let you guys go on the work because I know you got stuff to do. So do I. Okay, Luke chapter 15 and I'm reading from the message translation because it breaks it down into everyday English. And this talks about this family situation with this son. It says, uh, Jesus is talking here and he says, there was once a man, he had two sons. The younger said to his father, father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between them. It wasn't long before the youngest son, he packed his bags. He left for a distant country away from the family and everything. And it says there, while he was there in that country, he was undisciplined. He was undisciplined in his lifestyle. And basically he was wilding out y'all. He wasted everything. And when the glitz, the girls, everything was gone, he found himself, he was in a bad situation. And at that same time, where he was at, began to experience lack, just like we have today. Housing markets were bad, prices was going up, gas prices, jobs were scarce, and things like that. So what he did, he signed on to work with someone who was from that country, and he got a job working in the fields uh, feeding animals. This guy was so down and so poor at that time, he considered even eating what the animals that he was feeding, what they ate. Because no one would give him anything more. All those friends was gone. Then he had an epiphany. 
what was that epiphany? The man came to his senses. He said, well, you know what? I'll have better luck and I'll get a better diet if I go back to where I came from, to my father. So he gets up after having this conversation with himself, goes back to his father's house, and he approaches his father, and he says, you know what, father, look, I've sinned, I've messed up, I've done wrong, I've sinned against God, I've sinned before you, I don't deserve to be called your son. He asked him, look, can I be one of your hired hand? And he got right up, and he went home to his father to have that conversation. All right, so let's look at some principles here. One, in this story, if you go back and read it, and as I was meditating on it, the passage and hanging out with the Holy Spirit, there was something that I discovered that I've never heard anyone else say, but I'll say today. The story says, and a lot of Bible headings will say that this was a conversation or this was a story about two sons the one who said dad give me my stuff let me go and the one who was still at the house and we we didn't read about him but you can for yourself well i found that to be untrue i found this number one here's my point number one this was a story with three sons in it yes three sons okay let me tell you who the first son was The first son is the son who went to his father and said, give me what belongs to me. I want my inheritance. I'm out of here. That's number one. Number two is the son or what is known also as the older brother who wasn't happy when his younger brother came back home and they celebrated him coming home. The third son in this passage of scripture is the one who's telling the story. What's his name? Jesus, or also one of his redemptive names is called the son of love. So there's three sons, the younger son, the older son, and the son of love who's telling this story. Now, let's go back. Why is the son of love telling this story to these group of people. Well, the scripture lets me know the people who Jesus, the son of love, was talking to, they were sinners, they were tax collectors who worked for Rome, and they were also hated. Oh, I'm sorry, Jesus was being despised for talking to them by the other religious leaders who, in fact, were supposed to be showing the people what the love of God was like even when they were yet sinners. Do you see the principle here? What is it that I'm saying? As a parent, as an overseer, as a mentor, do you exchange hate for love or do you despise those that do? Remember, one thing that the Pharisees miss, these other religious leaders the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all of these different groups, the Zealots, one thing that they totally miss when Jesus came on the scene was something that the Old Testament scripture says. And it says this in the book of Psalms about the Messiah that was going to come and be the Messiah Israel. 
And that is this here, that he came to bring to the people grace and truth. Grace and truth. So what were they bringing? They were bringing, the Pharisees, they were bringing the law and they were beating the people over the head with it. So you have to understand that when, my point is, when I approach people, am I bringing God's grace and truth to them? Does that mean with my older children that I don't have boundaries? Absolutely not. But you can do things with grace and truth. What's one of the ways you can do that? As a parent, it says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, about something about this woman that it talks about, um, that it describes her characteristics. And it says about her that when she speaks, on her lips are the words of kindness and grace. That's in verse 26. So what does that mean? Simply this here. You may be able to win your child, not only with the tone that you come across, but also with the grace of treating them as if they were already saved, leaving them in the hands of God and not reminding them with your hate, your bitterness, your anger, your disgust, your embarrassment about the things they have done to disappoint you. All right, family, I'm going to stop right there. Hey, thank you for your time. Hey, you know how to reach us. Reach out to our website. It's www.agoodwordfortoday. That's the number four, fortoday.com. There you can reach us. You can hear other podcasts. Just scroll around. Click the drop-down menu. You can read blogs that we've written um, on various topics in various areas. You can listen to our podcast where we have live interviews. We have interviews uh, from people from here to California. And this message is reaching the world. Uh, it's reaching the world. One of my favorite series in the podcast that I love listening to was called the Barbershop Series, and there was one I did a while back sharing the music that impacted my life as I was growing up. All right, so we'll talk to you soon. Be blessed, and remember, God sees you. Remember that song today. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>